Hello, friends. Good news. The hiatus is over. Welcome back. We have a whole new episode of the Star Wars Universe. Hold up, hold up. That's not how it's going to go anymore. We got something new for you guys. I apologize. That is correct. We are now the Star Wars Generations podcast. We're doing that because you just heard the voice of Aaron McGowan, the uh, child who I found in middle school who wants to talk about Star Wars with me. She's She's actually 21. She's not a complete child. But she's brought in another person who is of a younger generation to Star Wars than myself. Alex Corman. Uh, you've heard both of them on a lot of coverage. Uh, well, depending on whether the strike has ended, you might not have heard Alex yet, because Alex has been on our uh, coverage of the Ahsoka podcast that we're not releasing till after the strike. But a- Alex is going to be another co-host of this podcast. I'm really excited. Some of the things that I've been enjoying most and that I've been hearing from the fans that have been the most fun is getting to hear just different perspectives on what Star Wars is all about. And so today we're kind of going to go all introduce ourselves to you and talk to you about what this new direction for the podcast is going to be like and what you're going to be able to expect. Um, so most of you heard my voice before, but I'm uh, as long as Aaron and Alex have done some social media work to get new people in, because, again, they're supposed to understand this stuff better than I. Although my attempting to email Erin to things has told me that she probably doesn't Stop understand it. technology very well. But we're going to see what happens. But the point is, for those who don't know me, my name is Matthew Fox. They, them pronouns. I have been a Star Wars fan, according to my mother, since before I was born. Um, she went to go see the original A New Hope in 1977 when it was in the theaters, when she was about six months pregnant with me. And according to her, I reacted quite a bit. You know, this is probably the story that mothers tell. But since I was four... I do not remember a time when I had not seen A New Hope. Um, It was my babysitter growing up. If my mother wanted to go out to the store or something and she needed me to not get in any trouble, she would pop the Betamax, yes, that's how old I am, a Betamax tape into the player and put on A New Hope and I would watch it. The way this means nothing to Alex and I, <laughs> but please continue. Please go off, go off. Betamax was, a, was something like VHS. It was another kind of rough. Okay, a, a VC. Yeah. Oh my god, I feel old. Anyway, that's it's a teaching podcast. <laughs> exactly. Um, but yeah, I've been a, a lover of Star Wars ever since. I have, um, you know, gone through ups and downs. I, as I will admit many times, I'm not the biggest fan of the prequels, but the Clone Wars really taught me to love them all over again. And uh, I've learned quite a bit from talking to fans like Aaron and Alex, who grew up with the Clone Wars, who grew up with some of this stuff and experienced it through very different eyes than I. And so I'm really excited to get to talk to you all. I think my favorite piece of Star Wars media changes from time to time. It's probably either A New Hope or The Last Jedi. Um, so I've already just started some angry emails, but we'll see where that goes. And, uh, yeah, let me turn it over to you two. Um, Erin, starting with you, give us your introduction. Hey, y'all. My name's Erin McGowan. Um, like Matthew said, I'm a young child. No, I'm 21. I work in healthcare and have an unhealthy love of Star Wars recently. My best friend, um, I asked her, what's my beige flag? Way too fast. She hit me with, you cosplay. And you love Star Wars, like, way too much. (laughs) And so I think that's just, like, a good description of me. Mm -hmm. Um, I do cosplay. I'm a cosplayer. I like to be active on TikTok and Instagram. So hopefully I can get some people over there listening here and vice versa. But, yeah, I've – I would say some of my earliest Star Wars memories are also with the originals, actually. Mm. Because we had a – 
a VHS. Look at me sounding like Matthew. <laughs> we had a VHS at our lake cabin, and anytime it rained, we would just watch A New Hope or nice. any of the movies, but typically A New Hope because I was like, we'll start from the start, thinking that we'd watch an entire trilogy while we're at the cabin, but then the moment the rain stops, you go back outside. Of course. Anyways. So yeah, I actually um, really grew up on that, those originals, and I remember like stealing them from our cabin and taking them home. And then as soon as I was old enough to have a library card, I was renting out the prequels um, to watch like with my family, but they wouldn't let me watch episode three for a long time. Mm-hmm. They were like, that one's PG-13, too serious, too scary, no Jar Jar, not for you, which I mean, Jar Jar is still there, I'm pretty sure, but. He just becomes a war criminal, Tiny. but yeah. <laughs> He's a yeah. war criminal in episode two as well. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. That's fair. Either way, in summation, um, my true love lies in the Clone Wars and Ahsoka Tano. Um, mm-hmm. That is what means probably the most to me as a person because I really grew up with her character. Uh, the Clone Wars movie came out when I was, I want to say, like nine, eight, nine. And so I felt like I really grew up with her character. Um and yeah, I will have lots of fun perspectives about how hot the clones are. Important. Aaron, I believe that the movie came out in 08, so you might have been younger than that. 08? Oh, yeah. 06. Yeah. I was a baby. Uh, you brought to my attention, Aaron, the, the questions about Hunter and just how much of his body is tattooed that I did not know were in fandom, but apparently were in a lot of fandom. I hope it's all of it. <laughs> uh, Alex, go ahead. <clears throat> yeah, hey everyone. Uh, my name is Alex Corman, and I also Star Wars fan from as early as I can possibly remember. Um, oh, I should first note I work as a I work as a phot- photojournalist um, for the Star Tribune in, in Minneapolis in my my daily life. I actually met Aaron through um, I was sent to photograph a lightsaber training class, yeah. which Aaron so greatly excelled at. Yeah. Um, <laughs> And we got talking about Star Wars, and then she introduced me to Matthew, and that's kind of how this all came together. Um, but I'll take you back to to my younger years. I'm 26, so a little older than Aaron, but not by very much. Um, and, Borderline millennial. But, but, yeah, I was told that I'm not really a millennial or Gen Z, but I get a free ticket to a Black Eyed Peas concert. That's, I, I don't know. Um, <laughs> but uh, my first memory of Star Wars is my father – I remember so vividly, I was probably like three or four years old, and I, I wanted to, to watch one of the prequels. And my father looked at me and he said, absolutely no son of mine is watching a prequel before you watch all the originals. Yes! <laughs> so he sat me down with our VHS player in our normal home, and we went through episode four, episode five, episode six, um, and I was immediately um, just hooked and enthralled and... And I also was not allowed to watch episode three until – well, episode three came out when I was nine. Mm-hmm. And so I wasn't allowed to watch it at least for – my mother told me until I was 13. And then I was surprised that Christmas when a copy of the DVD, A Revenge of the Sith, was under the tree. And when oh. I say I lost my mind, I lost my mind. <laughs> and I like shut myself in the basement. My mother was not happy about this, but I shut myself in the basement and watched the whole movie on Christmas Day, <laughs> shutting my family until I finished it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I came out a changed man. Um, <laughs> biting my lip, biting my lip. Go ahead. <clears throat> oh, wait till you bite this lip here. Uh, my favorite piece of Star Wars media is Revenge of the Sith. Oh, yes, it is. Um, as well as, uh, <clears throat> also growing up, The Clone Wars is probably my, my next favorite 
<clears throat> but I also have a very big love at the at the stuff coming out right now in the uh, in the post imperial period. Mm-hmm. Um, very true. I really am enjoying the stories. You know, Mandalorian, Ahsoka, Endor. Um, not Endor. I'm so sorry. Yeah. Please what was that, that? Just say that. Uh, no, we're not cutting anything out. <laughs> Yes, that's my one strike, Aaron. Um, Alex and I have a competition of who says the most wrong things about Star Wars. It's all fun and games. It's all jokes, mm-hmm. but, <clears throat> but you we just call each other out hardcore. <laughs> yeah. Um, but point is, you know, Revenge of the Sith for me was, you know, it was a culmination of the prequels, which are like the movies that were coming out when I was that age and was like mm-hmm. all the marketing, all of the everything was surrounding, you know, the prequels in that era. And so like. While I absolutely love Alec Guinness with all of my heart, Ewan McGregor is my Obi-Wan Kenobi. Yeah. And, you know, and it's just, that's what I grew up with and that's what I love. And um, I'm really happy to see all the love for Hayden Christensen and Ewan in the recent years. Um, Mm -hmm. And yeah, I'm really excited to just be able to dive in with these two, um, getting perspectives of, you know, Matthew who grew up around the original trilogy and Aaron and I both growing up around, you know, the newer stuff. I think it's going to be really exciting. Yeah. Uh, exciting journey to take here well, <laughs> i love the way you explain that because what you said about how like you know ewan is your obi-wan and and both of you the way you talked about growing up i think exemplifies one of the key things i think that makes this discussion so interesting because i i think sometimes the the comment of oh you all everyone loves star wars when they're a kid but no one ever grows up and so therefore like you're only okay with happening. like i i think there's an awful lot of toxicity in fandom but I think that comment can sometimes be overplayed. But I do think there's an extent to which, like, we imprint on things when we're young, and that shapes a lot of how we go forward. Like, one thing I've always been struck by is that I I never believed that Hayden Christensen was the person who would grow up into be Darth Vader. And I've always wondered about that because, I like, it honestly, when, when younger fans started talking about that, because most people in my generation agreed, I was baffled. When I heard people say they liked Hayden Christensen, I was like, how could that possibly be? And I think one of the things I learned a lot from, and you can hear especially like on our coverage of The Bad Batch, but some other stuff with me and Aaron going through a lot of this, how different that perspective is. And then part of it is that, yeah, that if you – like for me, I was seeing Hayden as an adult and I had spent you know all of my life – uh, you know, having all of the kind of thoughts about, you know, okay, who's Hayden going to, what's Anakin going to be like, et cetera, et cetera. And, and Hayden just never connected for me. And, and in part because that, that, because, and I, I do think actually looking back on it now, it's much more about the writing of direction than the acting. The point of all this being though, that I just, that character never felt like the person who becomes Darth Vader to me. Um, in a way that Matt Latner, who we just got to see at uh, Twin Cities Con, uh, very much did. Uh, we just got to see uh, Matt Latner and Ashley Eccleston. Fantastic, uh, both of them. And you two have a lot more to say about them that we're going to say in one of our next episodes. Um, but the point being, and then, and so, but hearing, for me, hearing about people who grew up with it, and I think part of that's because I grew up with James Earl Jones. And I know both of you did as well, but I also think you you got introduced to Hayden at a much younger age. Um, and and I, I don't, like, I think... That conversation can easily lead to, like, I'm right and you're wrong, or you're right and I'm wrong. I think that, to me, one of the big points of this podcast is going to be, not that we're just going to have this argument all the time, because there's so much more to talk about, but, like, we're both right. You know, we, we, we're we going to connect to different parts of Star Wars. We're going to connect to different actors, to different writers. Because on some level, at this point, it's all just, like, so many different voices are speaking in Star Wars that we're all going to have different ways to connect to it. And I'm, I'm just really excited to hear that, because... 
you know, I always feel like I learn so much when it's hearing from people who experience Star Wars in a very different way than I did. Yeah, and I think that a big part of this podcast for me and my hopes for it is, you know, in this space, like Aaron said, you'll hear us poke fun at each other and, you know, that's all in fun and games, but we want to create a space where, like, all of our kind of opinions and feelings towards, you know, the the universe are are valid because there's some people that really hate the sequels, other people that really love the sequels, and there's no right or wrong feeling towards it. It's just your opinion. But, like, the one thing we're never going to do here is, like, you know, if you write in and you talk about, you know, something you love, you know, we're never going to put down any feelings towards towards the universe. You know, like, yeah. if you love something, share it with us. Let us know because we want to, like, explore that and talk about it more. And we don't think there's any, like, you know, wrong way to watch or love Star Wars as long as you watch it on Chronological Order the first time. I'm kidding. <laughs> um, <laughs> but, um Oh, seriousness, you know, like just you know, Matthew was joking, you know, biting his, you know, biting their lip as we're as we're talking. As I'm talking about Revenge of the Sith, and you know, if it's my favorite, their favorite's going to be, you know, the original. Aaron's loved the prequels and the Clone Wars too. And if we had a, you know, a person who is 11, 10 years old who hopped on this podcast right now, they'd probably say one of their favorite Jedi is Rey, mm-hmm. and you know, that's their generation is is the is the sequels, and all of it I think is is beautiful and inspires a generation of people and. That's the coolest part about Star Wars for me is it's such a generational story where you can connect people spanning over 50 years almost mm-hmm. um, all through this one story and these characters that have endured for so long. Yeah. Yeah, because that's the thing. It's like nobody – at least there's Darth Vader. Nobody hates Darth Vader. Like if you hate him for like ethics and morals, then you have something to say about him, so you already love Star Wars. Mm-hmm. But even like casual fans are like Darth Vader's sick, Yeah, you know? So I feel like – Anakin is meant to bring balance to the fans. Okay. Well, and I think I think it's so true. And I, I wanted to go a little deeper though, because and Alex, I, I hear what you say, but I want to uh, let me add a caveat to that, which I think we would agree with, which is that I don't think there's any wrong way to love Star Wars. Yeah, I do think there's an awful lot of wrong ways to hate parts of Star Wars and to express how you hate parts of Star Wars. Yes, and I agree. and that to me is the like, um, you know, there are there are. I don't know if I will ever understand why someone loves Re- Revenge of the Sith and some people – and certainly there's a lot of folks. My best friend Paul, who has been a, um, a co-host for an awful lot of episodes, including a lot of the ones that Aaron was on and that Aaron listened to, um, he has no under- – they have no understanding of why I love The Last Jedi, you know? But none of us are ever going to say, oh, you're a bad Star Wars fan for not liking it, you know? And, like, Rey is probably my favorite Jedi. She's not everybody's, and that's fine. But if you come at it from, like, oh, because she's a girl, or, like, you know, there's some degree of sexism there, yeah. or racism with yeah. Finn, like, that's not the kind of stuff we're here for, you know? Yep. I think there's a very conscious decision of saying a lot of Star Wars fandom is very toxic. And... I think in the last couple of years, that's gotten significantly better in part because a number of great creators have been saying like, no, 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 we're, we're creating a safe space where all that is welcome um, and, and all the toxicity is not. And and that, I think, is also going to be a very big part of this podcast in terms of like, yeah, we're – if you read characters in certain ways, that's awesome. If you love certain characters, don't love other characters, that's great. Just the, the toxicity. Like you can disagree with people without saying that they're not as good a fan of you or any of that nonsense. Yeah. And I'm really excited about the diversity that we have between the three of us. Because, mm-hmm. like, obviously we have a lot of similarities. We all love Star Wars. Um, but, you know, having the perspective 
of like a woman, I read a lot of things differently than either of you two would. Mm -hmm. Or like you, Matthew, being non-binary, you read things that I don't pick up on. Like when we were covering resistance, which we'll probably go over it again at some point. Mm -hmm. But Matthew and I were talking about there's these certain characters that are seem to be like in a homosexual relationship. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Is that the right way to say that? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Queer and like they seem maybe like wherever with gender and I never picked up, never noticed, but that really stood out to Matthew and it's something that they appreciated. And like, I know there's things that like Alex, you'll connect with that I didn't really see and get as a little girl that mm -hmm. you saw when you were, don't laugh at me. <laughs> Guys, I'm so excited for me to figure out how to get this video up and running because I'm going to start posting videos along with the podcast for you guys to all see. Yep. The bullshit Alex does. We're gonna have two. Excuse me, I'm just laughing at, at the things you say. I I also should. I comment. do nothing. I I run a G-rated show in my frame here. Well, I I do want to comment that uh, uh, there's a certain word that Aaron used that was not beeped out this time, uh, because yeah. we are not going to try and be quite as family family friendly this time around. Um, you know, certainly, fan, like you know, uh, everyone is welcome. Uh, to listen, but uh, we're we're uh, on those on those podcasting apps that designate you know oh if you where you have to say we're using you know adult language so that um you know uh, parents can can limit what their kids listen to and the like um that that will be the case in the past we'd always try to keep it super family friendly this is going to be a little more like we're a bunch of adults talking about it um Erin just became an adult so we're celebrating that by letting her sit at the grown ups table with the rest of us. Um, <laughs> rough um i had something really clever to say and i forgot oh. the power of comedy power of comedy uh yeah. what else are you all hoping for from this podcast i mean honestly i'm hoping to uh to gain new perspectives you know i think that you know even just talking on the few episodes of ahsoka i did with y'all like i you know there were things that i picked up on that i know y'all didn't pick up on but i also like learned things that y'all picked up on that i just missed completely mm -hmm. and i think that like it's really cool because it just further understands under excuse me i think it's really cool because it deepens my understanding of star wars mm -hmm. and like i am a frequent rewatcher of the movies the shows you know i, I go back and rewatch them all the time but I think it's extra special when I get to go back and rewatch it with like a new mindset or a new like, you know, mm -hmm. a new lens and I, you know, or a new information that I might not have had before. And I'm like, whoa, you know, Aaron brought up this really good point and now I'm watching it with that in mind and it kind of might change the experience for me a little bit. Yeah. Um, I also just hope to like, you know, connect with, you know, more fans out there and get to hear more people who love Hayden Christensen with all their heart. Yeah, yeah. that's another thing. Um, I'll get on to what I'm excited about in a little bit here, but um fans you guys well not fans please be our friends mm -hmm. i don't have many of them <laughs> um do not feel afraid to reach out to us the only oh this is really cute actually a year ago today um matthew followed me on tiktok oh, under nice. the ethical the ethical panda and it was before i was ever on the show but i had sent in an email asking to be on the show mm -hmm. that matthew um i thought had ignored but when i later found out was just lost in an inbox that they forgot they had um so yeah a year ago today i was a fan talking about my favorite star wars podcast and how excited i was that like you know they followed me mm -hmm. and now here i am yeah 
taking a third of that podcast into my custody. There you are. There you are. Taking a third of work and responsibility too. Yeah. Um, Like you guys may think we don't see stuff and we won't respond, but like, please do send emails. Please do just like, I'll drop my Insta and TikTok later, but like DM me as long as you're respectful. Like if you have topics you want us to talk about or like just questions or just anything to say, let us know. We even, um, real quick, if I can keep talking. Please do. We just had a Comic-Con this last weekend called Twin Cities Con, where we all got to, all three of us went, and we got to meet in person, the three of us, got some great photos, where we all had lightsabers, and I thought it was a battle, Mm -hmm. so I was making an angry face, and the other two were smiling, because nobody cued me in. The battle came after, and I won. Whatever. You're a Shin lookalike, so you looked like Shin. Uh, Yeah, sure. Um, But yeah... Uh, the day before, I had joined Alex in a – what was the panel, Alex? Naruto, the Clone Wars panel? Naruto. I'm sorry. Say that again? Naruto. The Naruto panel? Yeah. What's wrong with that? Na- I love Naruto. I, What's wrong with Naruto? No, nothing's wrong. I just didn't know how to say it. That's oh, why. Oh, Naruto, yeah. Yeah, thank you. That's all. Um, yeah, we were Naruto. in that panel. I'm sorry. <laughs> I like went to step out before the panel started because we were in the second row and my mom had just showed up and I didn't want to mm-hmm. walk out as a tall, orange-painted woman. Um, and I step out of the seats and this like woman stands up and looks at me and she goes, are you Aaron? And I was like... I'm in trouble. I'm like, why is an adult talking to me? Why do you know my name? What did I do wrong? But I was like, yes. And she was like, oh my gosh, like I listened to you on the podcast. Like, I love you so much. I was like, what? That's so awesome. Like the fact that Alex and I were sitting behind them and Uh she just happened to recognize my voice and then said hi. I got to meet her husband. Their names are, oh, actually, I don't know if they want me to drop their names, but um, very sweet couple. I ran into um, them later in the weekend. I was in a different cosplay, mm-hmm. and the woman ran up and was like, oh, let me take a picture. I was with a Kylo Ren, and I was a zombie Twi'lek. Nice. And she took a picture, and I was like, hey, how's it going? Like, I know you. Um, I, and that was just really – it was a really fun experience. So yeah. please do reach out. And I have a lot to say about that. First, I just want to clarify something. Uh, when Erin says she was orange-painted, that was not a tanning bed tanning bed disaster. That was part of the Ahsoka cosplay she was wearing that day. Um, just yikes. <laughs> but yeah, no. Um, we I always try to do our best with uh, staying on top of fan mail. And sometimes I had a couple different emails for a while. Things were changing. Things were moving. I was not always the best about it, for which I deeply apologize. And this time, so we're going to have a lot more things a lot easier to set up. First of all, there will always be the Ethical Panda uh, email, which I'm going to give both Aaron and Alex access to. And so all three of us can see that. Um, because this is now part of the True Story FM's family of podcasts, we are on the True Story FM Discord. Uh, and uh, I'm going to have to uh, twist a few arms to get Aaron and Alex more onto Discord. But it is uh, that is going to be our primary way of trying to interact I'm with fans. I'm fine on Discord. Awesome. Um, that's going to be our primary way of interacting <laughs> with fans. We'll also have a Twitter and an Instagram account specifically for this um, podcast, Star Wars Generations. Uh, I haven't yet figured out exactly what those are going to be, but they will be in the show notes. So ways to contact us uh, will be in the show notes, and um, uh, and that's for the podcast itself as well as all of us individually. The, the, I, I very much agree with both of them. The fan interaction is great. I love when fans say hello to me. I've definitely had that happen at like Magic Cons and other things like that. I even had it once at a political rally, which was kind of awesome. Um, Whoa. 
uh yeah during the george floyd stuff someone like heard me chanting and was like you know i recognize your voice i was like yeah that's that's who i am oh that's funny that was awesome um that is cool so yeah i think fan interaction definitely is a thing there um let's talk about ourselves a little bit more as fans uh we've talked about sort of what most got us in um alex starting with you an alien comes down from from space and says i i have heard about this star wars thing but i know nothing about it what what What's the one thing of Star... If I only have, like, two or three hours, what's the one thing I should watch that is just the best part of Star Wars or the thing that will, like... You're, like, the thing every person should watch. You really just... This is such a big question. Uh, Matthew did not give me this question ahead of time. So, in real time... You only have two to three hours. Oh, let, let me actually so change so that because I realize it, it'll be the, if they know the basics of Star Wars, but they're like, what's the one thing I should watch so that that way I like I've always watched that. And like, I know this thing. <laughs> I mean, selfishly, I would say Revenge of the Sith. Yes. <laughs> for me, for me, the reason I say that for me is that from my perspective, um, The Empire Strikes Back is probably the most complete of the Star Wars films. Mm-hmm. And. I also would like highly recommend that one if they only, you know, if they only had two, three hours because it really does, you know, it tells a complete story, introduces some of the best characters, has one of the better lightsaber fights. Um, but for me, I have watched Revenge of the Sith so many times, I pretty much have every piece of dialogue memorized. And it, it, I think I love it so much because it it bridges, you know, the prequels and the original trilogy, which, mm-hmm. again, when, when I was growing up, that was, that was all that existed. And right. so if someone has the basics down... You know, to me, that movie really kind of brings everything together, and you get a little bit of everything. I mean, you get you get Darth Vader, you get Anakin, you get you know a great fight. I mean, I think the best opening of any Star Wars film is the Battle Over Coruscant, um, and just the amazing space battle you get there. Um, and my favorite lightsaber f- uh, duel is one hundred percent Anakin versus Obi Wan on Mustafar. Oh, yeah. I mean, just the, the the emotion behind that brings me to tears every time, um, and I think that. The acting in that is the best out of the prequels. I think that the the emotion is so heavy, and no matter how much it hurts, Order sixty six kind of hurts in like the best way possible. Um, it's good. So if they only had two three hours, I'd probably see Revenge of the Sith. But if they said to me that they didn't want to watch a prequel, then I would recommend The Empire Strikes Back for sure. There, there. Very diplomatic of you, <laughs> Aaron. What about yourself? I, my gut instinct was The Empire Strikes Back Mm -hmm. because, like you're saying, it's one of the most complete feeling movies. And also it's like, to me, to understand Star Wars, you need to, I mean, I said this at the top, you need to know and understand who Darth Vader is. Mm. Like, if I want to tell you, like, Anakin Skywalker is the through line. Darth Vader is the through line to 90% of the media out there. Like, it just is the Skywalker saga, you know? And so, I just think... Yeah, The Empire Strikes Back is a good way to understand because I would want them to watch Revenge of the Sith because it's like, this is how he becomes. Mm-hmm. This is how it goes. Yeah. Um, but I, at the same time, that's an end of, the end of a trilogy that you're throwing somebody into. I feel like that would be a little hard to catch on and follow. Mm-hmm. But it's also the beginning of the next one. Well, I know. <laughs> that's the problem. Mm-hmm. I hear that. I hear that. So... I'll admit, I, what about you? This is not a question I thought. I, I just came up with it in the moment and then kind of realized some of the problems with it. And that's why I edited some. Um, so I haven't thought about it either. 
And I'm warring in my head between a couple things. I definitely like Empire Strikes Back as an answer. I might do Return of the Jedi instead because that has what is, I think, my favorite space battle. Um, but it also has, um, to me, the heart and soul of the story, which is the idea of, of uh, hope and redemption and and the whole nature of what the dark side is and that, you know, hate and anger, even if the best of reasons, can turn us towards um, uh, uh, darkness, but that we can be brought back. And I see a couple hands up. What was the question? Yeah, well, I was holding my hand up and then Alex disrespectfully gave me a high five to dismiss me. It was just full respect. <laughs> what, what was the question? No, I'm just wondering. Um... Oh, my God, it's gone. Do I need to just battle. restart this whole thing? Yeah, what, what's your favorite space battle? That's all I'm trying to ask. Oh, okay. Death Star 2, right? Um, I think probably the one at the start, well... Well, because you were just saying that it's in The Last Jedi. Are you talking about the Death Star 2 battle or a different one? You, no, Return of the Jedi is the movie I'm talking about. Did I say The Last Jedi? Yeah, the, 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 battle, the battle around Death Star 2, is that yeah. what you discussed? Yeah, and uh, the more okay, I think about I'm, it... I'm on the same page again. Okay, <laughs> I, the more I think about it, I, like, I think there's three space battles that are, for me are just like the absolute pinnacle. And it, it's Return of the Jedi, it's the trench run in A New Hope, and it's the battle over Scarif in Rogue, in Rogue One. Um, but, but continuing, Return of the Jedi was the one I was thinking of. I think, though, for me, the real thing is the last four episodes of The Clone Wars because it hits the Order 6 stuff, Order 66 stuff, so powerfully. You know, again, it just, Order 66 never really hit me that hard in Revenge of the Sith. I know it really did others. It just didn't tug on my heartstrings. It absolutely did here. And the relationship between Ahsoka and Anakin, for me, really made me understand Anakin in a way I never did through other stuff. And I feel like maybe actually it would be like, (laughs) watch that and then watch the last half hour of Return of the Jedi. Because to me, that's the like, that's Anakin's fall and his redemption, or at least the start of his redemption. That's a good answer. I cry every time I watch Order 66 in episode three. That's fair. That's fair. I cry every time. I cry always. I was just about to start crying as you're talking about the last four episodes. Like when you say, when you said that's when Order 66 really hit you, Mm -hmm. that's when it, decimated me yeah Disney <laughs> has a fun little trick it likes to just keep reusing of reintroducing order 66 from every possible perspective and just it's... tearing my heart open over and over again it's horrible yeah like watching watching caleb have to watch his bad batch oh it's not okay it was that was not okay to do it was so good though i was not okay with that it was so good i was not okay with that at all and here's the thing that we mainly discover as another point like is there an inherent masochism in being a star wars fan like, I think there's in a lot of fandom, but it seems like a, a lot of the best, cri- cri- like, praise of things I see about Star Wars is when someone will be like, oh, my God, this is – I hate Dave Filoni. It just hit me in the heart so hard. I have to go watch it three more times. Um, we love to be emotionally tortured, <laughs> as far as I can tell. Mm-hmm. I love to be sad as I consume this video. I think that, like, there's a level of masochism, sure, but I think it's more rooted that we get so – Okay, it's a testament to the writing of these characters because you get so attached yeah. mm-hmm. to them. You you feel such an affinity. And like everyone has like a character they feel affinity yeah. to. I mean, I know Aaron loves Ahsoka. I I I talk about Anakin over and over again, but Obi Wan is like my love of my life. And my Matthew, who, would your favorite Jedi be Luke or Ray? Or I think it's probably Ray. Ray and, and there are sad moments with all of these people. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I think that of course out of the three, only mine dies on screen so far but um <laughs> but uh but i think that like you get attached to these characters yeah. and then st- between the nine movies 
almost every main character eventually meets some sort of end. Mm-hmm. Not all of them, but but a lot of them. And so there's inherent like just pain built in, but the pain is never final and sad. Like you feel it, and they let you feel it. Mm-hmm. But there's always a twinge of hope with it. Always like next mm-hmm. person up, next generation. You know, yeah. like Obi Wan dies, and it's it's up to you now, Luke. And yeah. Well, what I kind of sorry. No, you go. What I kind of think because we're all just kind of going around this idea of like Star Wars is about hope. Yeah. Yep. And the thing is that you need to have darkness and like the most dire circumstances to have hope. So then every single character we're going to connect to and love has to be emotionally tortured and destroyed and be pushed into the tightest corner of their life to find that hope. Spoke like a true Jedi. Thank you. Thank you. This is a weird connection, but you know, I've never really put this together till now. In Greek mythology, when Pandora opens her box and releases all the problems into the world, the last thing to come out of that box is hope. And yeah, part of it is because if you're in utopia, there is no hope because you're not hoping for anything to get better. Um, yeah, you don't need it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. No, I really like that. And I just, it's nice because that carries through to life so much mm-hmm. because it's such, at least for me, where my mental state is. And I think it's pretty much just a human thing to feel like things are so bad for me. Like life is so bad. Like there's all, always like something going on stressing me out, you know? Mm-hmm. And, like, there's always – we all need hope at all yeah. times. Like, the way to get us connect emotionally to what's on screen is to show us the most drastic things when really it's the same kind of ebbs and flows of, like, depression or anxiety that people have or just, like, feeling overwhelmed by life. And then yeah. it's like you find something that, like, makes it better and then you go on from there. Yes, Alex? I actually – if it's all right, Matthew, I'd like to ask a question to the two of you real quick. Sure. Yeah. Any piece of the Star Wars universe – what one moment do you think is the one that pulled at your heartstrings the most? You can think for a second. Just like one. I know there's a lot. But if you had to pick one for you personally, just really just just hate I you know extra it. hard. I know mine. Go I ahead. Mine. Go ahead. It's – I'm going to cry. It's Ahsoka wiping the tear off of Rex's face during Order 66. Like, damn, that shit wrecks me. <laughs> Um, I'm going to cheat and say two and they're, That's they're both in animation um, you have to think of one too Alex actually, they're both, oh, I they're have both in Rebels uh, and I think of it the first yeah. is Obi-Wan embracing Maul after he kills him um, it was just I mean if you're anywhere on the internet you've heard all the discussion especially from Sam Whitmer the voice actor who played Maul about what everything that that scene means but the fact that this person who has he killed Obi-Wan's mentor. He has threatened so many of the people who are most important to Obi-Wan. He's been hunting Obi-Wan all of his life. And he killed Satine. He, yeah, I, yeah, he killed Satine, the love of Obi-Wan's life. I mean, the two, you know, and he threatened Luke at, at one point. Um, and that Obi-Wan embraces him when he dies. And, and I mean, a lot of shippers love that moment. And I'm not even going for that perspective, but you certainly can. But I, I just mean in terms of like, the, you know, he, there's sympathy towards him. And because Maul talks about, like, you know, how the Emperor, you know, destroyed them. And that that he, he, in that moment, Maul finally believes that what Obi-Wan is doing on this planet Tatooine might lead to the destruction of the Emperor. And Obi-Wan sympathizes with him. And, and so that moment really hit me. 
And the other, and this is probably why Matt Latner is and always will be my Anakin, because this is the moment for me that first comes to mind when I think of Anakin's fall. And I, I can't remember the exact episode, but it's in the Clone Wars. And uh, Obi-Wan and Satine have captured this separatist general who, and they're in a situation where, like, I don't remember the details, but, like, they're talking about how they're in this horrible situation because they can't let him live because if they let him live, like, some terrible thing will happen. He's going to blow up the ship. That's it. Thank he you. He has a little detonator in his hand. He's going to blow up the ship. That's it. Exactly. But they also can't bring themselves to kill him when he's helpless like that. And in the midst of the conversation, you just see a lightsaber go through him and Anakin with this big smile on his face saying, I got you, but I forget the exact words, but he's saying like, I, I, I'll, I'm here for you as just a little bit of the dark side music plays. Mm. Because to me, it is that, that to me sold me on Anakin's fall to the dark side more than any other moment. And it just, it, 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 that's a story that I think that's the story that first connected me towards Star Wars, not even just Anakin specifically, but just the idea of how it is that we can think we're doing the right thing and still do so much horribleness in the world. Um, and then, and, but then in the end that you can change. Um, and yeah, so I think that would be my, my other moment. I was, go ahead. Just going to jump in there. It's um, season two, episode 13, Voyage of Temptation. Highly, highly recommend you guys. Yeah, one of my favorite episodes of all Star Wars. It is a great episode. I love that episode. Um, I also have two, by the way. Sorry, I'm always going to cheat. But uh, one, is an, one is an animation, and one's kind of a, a dark horse, I think. But, yeah, but the first one is, um, spoiler alert, I guess, but Kanan's sacrifice and death in Rebels. It's, it's interesting because, you know, Kanan is really, you know, in, in visual media, his impact is limited to the Rebel series. Mm-hmm. But you watch him grow from this, you know, in the very beginning, he's kind of just looking out for himself and his, you know, his close friends. And he's kind of forgotten a lot of, of the ways he was taught as a Jedi. But then as you progress through the story, um, he more and more embraces Jedi teachings and, 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 and real, not like the way the Jedi had been when they eventually were destroyed, but like the root of them, like, you know, paying attention to those around you loving those around you and, and and in that moment you know he he doesn't only sacrifice himself to save his friends but he sacrifices himself to 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 basically stop the production of of the tie defender to to save countless lives in the galaxy to, to set up the rebellion with a chance and the, the part that hits me the most is that you know earlier in other episodes he had said that the one thing he wishes for most is to see Hera the love of his life one more time and in that moment, he the force literally intervenes and grants him sight for one last moment yeah. so he could see Hera and Ezra and he could have one final look at them before he goes. And it just it hits me so hard. Um and the other one, which is a, a newer moment actually, is actually the live action in the Obi-Wan Kenobi sh- series, when Anakin's mask breaks open, Vader's mask breaks open, and you know, Obi-Wan and Anakin have this conversation. And and so in my love of Star Wars, the, the bond between Anakin and Obi-Wan is probably the most special thing to me. It's like this this really beautiful, like, it's almost like a father and son and brother relationship at the same time. And there's mm-hmm. just this this bond of, of, of pure love for so long that, 
you know, no matter what Anakin's going through, no matter what the darkness he feels, like, he still feels this deep love and connection to Obi-Wan. Even in, through Revenge of the Sith, he's in so much pain um, at the concept of having to fight him until the dark side fully takes over. But, you know, in that moment, Obi-Wan had been dealing with a decade of guilt, and Anakin, for a second, looks up at him, and he says that, you know, the exact words, I'm pretty sure, you know, I'm not your failure, Obi-Wan. Like, mm. you didn't yeah. do this to me. Oh, God. I destroyed Anakin Skywalker. He, like, releases Obi-Wan of his guilt. It's almost like it's almost like a, a split second that Anakin Skywalker takes back over before Vader returns. And you can hear the change in his voice and the anger and his hatred again. But it, it's just such an emotional moment to, like... It's also emotional in Rebels when you see his face under the mask. But in live action, it just hit me a little differently because, you know, growing up with Ewan and Hayden, seeing the two of them together and hearing and hearing that, that, it's like that last conversation that really let Obi-Wan know that Anakin is dead. Anakin is gone. This is what remains. Yeah. And it just, it just destroys me so much every time. Yeah. Yeah, that one's rough. Y'all are making me emotional on yeah. a Wednesday night. It, yeah, I'm. Uh, we're, we're having some pauses here because I'm. I'm blinking away a lot of things. A lot of onions being cut during this uh, conversation. <laughs> um, yeah, damn. It, you know, and it, it's funny because as we say that, then so many more moments come to me. Um, Andor, you know, with one way out, and oh, also the moment oh, where, oh. um, um, you know, he 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 tells him how many how many guards are on the floor. Like I, I can't even remember the, the exact. I know there's a very specific line that the. Um, uh, Andy Circus's character, Andy Circus, yeah, his name I can't remember, says to Andor as they're getting it, but it's just all of that, as well as there are also just so many moments in the books. Uh, and it's one thing I'll kind of say in general about the podcast as well is that we're going to be pretty broad in what we talk about. Um, it, and I, I want to say a note about that as well that we are going to respect the strike as long as it's going on. Uh, I know there's been some tentative agreements passed back and there's no agreement, but there's been some offers passed back and forth. I hope that by the time this is released in early December, the strike is over. Um, I I don't think there's a way in Star Wars to just <clears throat> never talk about the the stuff that is being struck right now, because um, <clears throat> it is important to know that with the writer strike over, the animated content is no longer struck because the voice acting isn't part of the SAG, uh, and and SAG specifically, the Actors Union has said they have no problem with people talking about animated work, um. So we're mostly going to, until the strike ends, we will mostly talk about the animated work as well as some other stuff. Uh, but we're going to mention the live action the way we have a lot today. Um, and uh, But we'll also be talking about the books. We'll be talking about the video games. We'll be talking about cosplay communities. We'll be talking about all the ways that Star Wars touches us. Um, yeah. So let me ask one last question, uh, and then we're going to get into our, uh, oh, actually, wait, no, Aaron, go ahead. I have a question. Uh, Ms. McGowan in the back row. Thank you. Um what are you guys the most excited to cover here on this podcast? Or, like, what's something you're like, let's go. Like, I'm excited to do this now. The Mortis Arc in Clone Wars. The Mortis Arc. Alex so wants many, Mortis Arc. I have so many thoughts. I just recorded the episodes with Riki Hayashi uh, on some of the last episodes in Rebels where the Mortis Arc comes up. That episode will probably be live by the time. Well, it may go live a week after this one. Um, but yeah, it brought up, I have so many complicated feelings about the Mortis arc and, and my hope that it is going to be further explored. So I'm, I'm going to really look forward to exploring that one. It's, it's just so silly to me that Dave Filoni came up with this idea in like 2010 for these three force gods to exist. And now it has somehow successfully 
woven that thread into every aspect of the future Star Wars universe, including the, 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 the dumped script for episode nine was going to end on Mortis. Yeah. <sighs> like they, they have, they have committed to it. So I am ready to chat about that. I like it. I like it. Aaron, what about you, Matthew? Um, I think honestly it's the original movies. Cause I'm really excited. I think, I don't think the hate for the originals is anywhere near as bad as the hate for the prequels. But I do often hear younger fans kind of being dis- very dismissive of the originals. And I know that's not the case for you all. But you're going to have a very different experience of the originals than I did. And I'm really curious to hear what that's like. Um, as well as I'm curious to go back and look at them. Like with so much more context that we have now. Um, so I think that there's a couple of particular arcs in Clone Wars or in Rebels that I'm really excited for. Um, there's one or two books that I'm really excited to look at hearing your feelings on. Uh, but I think, yeah, probably it's it's going to be those original movies. Yeah. It, as well absolutely. as, I'll just say this, The World Between Worlds. Because I think World Shoot. Between Worlds was just a plot device so that they have a reason to use Ahsoka in the future. But I'll be very curious to hear your thoughts on it when we get it's there. It's very – that's such a divisive topic too. I have a friend who thinks it's the worst thing that has ever existed in Star Wars. Yeah. Riki and I went round and round on it in that same episode that will be coming out soon. So it's Yeah, it's very divisive. Yeah. Which – Change the topic, but speaking on Riki, we are still going to be having tons of guests yep. on. Yep. Mm-hmm. This podcast is not going to look like all three of us here always discussing every topic. Mm-hmm. Matthew has had this podcast, the Star Wars Universe podcast, for years. You know, Matthew's covered a lot of stuff. And so if there's stuff they don't really like or want to talk about, Alex and I will do it. Yeah. Or maybe both of you guys are deadly sick and I have to reach out, see if like Danielle's around to do an episode with me. It's just going to be here and there. We'll have guests still. Sometimes it'll be all three. Sometimes it'll be two yeah. of us, one of us and a guest. Without me. Nope. We will all be here for the modus. Modus. <laughs> Mortis. Mortis. We'll arc. all be here for the Mortis arc. <laughs> yep. Yep. That's true. That's true. All right. Well, Aaron, you still got to answer your own question. I was hoping you wouldn't notice. <laughs> um, uh, I don't. It's just. It's just. It's all the Clone Wars. Like I, Alex, I cannot wait to. S- Every single episode chronologically with you. Dude, wait till we get to the Umbra arc. I got this. <gasps> yeah. <laughs> yeah, maybe that's one. Maybe that's what I'm excited to cover. I, I have some theories on Pong Krell. Pong Krell? How I think... Oh, I have thoughts on Pong Krell. <laughs> You'll hear me talk about why I think the last episode of that, that arc ruins the arc. Um, but we'll, we'll get to it. We'll get to it. There's a lot to say. Um, so there's so much more to discuss, but that means there's so much more for us to, you know, do podcasts on. So uh, we're going to short wrapping up here. We are going to, uh, continue to do member episodes, uh, which by the way, as always, the, if you're excited about this podcast, you're excited about this project, best way to support us is becoming a member for $5 a month. You get access to ad free versions of both this and the superhero ethics podcast. Uh, although you can just listen to this one or just listen to that one as you choose. Um, you also get bonus content. Every episode we're going to be recording bonus content. And it's also just a great way to help us keep the lights on uh, and, you know, help support all the things we're doing. Uh, becoming a member is just a great, great thing to do. If you can do it, it's a huge help. And what we're going to be doing here on the Star Wars podcast, we'll throw in some other topics as well. But mostly we're going to be going through the book of short stories from a certain point of view. And so each episode, we're going to talk about a specific one of those. And so today we'll be talking about Ramus, the first one in the first of the From a Certain Point of View books. Um, so I hope you can stick around for that. Um, but if not, um, Aaron and Alex, where, if people want to find you, where can they go? Uh, you can find me on Instagram at AlexCorman12. That's K-O-R-M-A-N-N. Uh, that's probably the best that's the social media I use the most, so yep. that's probably the best way to find me. You find incredible photographs, uh, including often of Aaron's cosplay. But Aaron's cosplay, you can find more directly. 
Yes. So I'm at Lady Tano Creates, L-A-D-Y-T-A-N-O Creates. Um, I chose that name specifically because it's the way Maul refers to her during the seventh season. And I love it because it's like very polite as in like lady, miss, but it's also incredibly disrespectful because he used to call her Padawan Tano. Mm -hmm. Lady Tano. Um, and that's just a niche thing in Star Wars I love. So I made that part of my username. I'm so glad I took the time to tell you guys that. Uh, but I'm on TikTok and Instagram posting lots of things, whether it's just photos of my cosplays on Instagram. I do sometimes little updates of what I'm working on. I do make most of my cosplays. So TikTok is a lot of kind of progress updates on my crafting work. How long the is going to be? <laughs> How long will the Leku be today? What is she going to do? Nobody knows. Nobody knows. And, uh, of course, yeah. me, you can find under The Ethical Panda. Uh, I'm continuing to be that. Uh, you can reach us at Ma- – uh, you can reach me at Matthew at TheEthicalPanda.com, but I'll also be creating some new emails that all of us can read. Um, there's, you know, and, and, of course, please check out this podcast. Check out my Superhero Ethics podcast. Uh, check out all the great things that we have links for. Please become a member. And for everybody else, we have spoken. Stay classy, Tatooine. Bye, all.